Welcome to the Purposeful Planning Podcast, where you'll gain tangible, practical suggestions to help you transform and elevate your practice. Our content is for both seasoned professionals working with complex family systems and those just entering the field. These podcasts will also be valuable for family leaders who are dedicated to helping individual family members find their pathway to flourishing lives and strengthening the relational fabric of the family. Welcome and thank you for joining us. And now your host. Welcome everyone. This is John A. Warnick, founder of the Purposeful Planning Institute, and I'm delighted today to introduce you to Sarah Falla for this um, conversation around uncovering client personalities. And um, it's it. I think this is going to be a very valuable session, and it ties into the podcast that um, we'll release simultaneously. The program that we've recorded with Maggie, where she shows kind of the application of a portion, really just a a, a small portion of the tools um, that Sarah's making available to advisors and consultants. So, Sarah, I'd love if you could to invite you to share what I call your purposeful odyssey, the kind of professional meanderings that have led you to founding your company that have resulted in the some of the books that you've pushed out into the world. That'd be very helpful if we could hear that from you. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the word meander too, because it definitely feels like a, a, a certainly a journey and it, it's kind of had some uh, winding roads. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, my, um, my background and my kind of focus within the world of financial services is really around understanding client personality. And from a odyssey or journey perspective, that really came from both um, the work that my father conducted over his lifetime. Uh, Tom Stanley was his name. He wrote The Millionaire Next Door was probably the most famous of the books that he wrote. Um, but really, he was a researcher and really was focused on understanding affluent populations in the United States and how they how they became that way um, and really found that there was one particular group, a group that was able to build wealth on their own. And I began working with him really when I was young. I remember him doing survey research and stacking up, you know, 15, 16 page surveys on our dining room table. And I, I did some sorting and things like that. Nothing, nothing uh, too monumental. But later in my um, educational career, I went into what's called industrial psychology, which is, you know, kind of the application of psychology to the workplace. My specialty was in personnel selection and psychometrics, which is really the measurement, kind of the the scientific measurement of characteristics, personality, attitudes, and all those things. And, you know, later in life with my father, he had a, a heart issue around 2008 or nine, and I began to wonder how we could maybe, you know, use the insights that he had alongside psychometrics to anticipate what clients might be like to work with, anticipate which clients might be the millionaire next door in the future, and also really understand clients. And so that's how I came to be in the financial services world. I was previously in in HR, um, 
but you know began to create these assessments alongside um, the work that I was doing with him on the next millionaire next door. And uh, that's where we landed. I had worked for an HR tech company um, when I first came out of graduate school. And so I had that background in technology and watched a tech company go through multiple different stages from being VC backed to being acquired and, and all those all those things that will go along with that. Um, so I thought that maybe I could do that myself, uh, maybe not at that grand of a scale, but uh, that's where data points came from, was really out of, you know, wanting to be able to provide these assessments to financial planners to use with their clients. I'm so grateful for the birth of, of data points and really appreciate that um, description of this journey that you've been on, Sarah, and I, I think it's um, marvelous that um, toward the end of your dad's life, you were able to collaborate with him around the next millionaire next door. So I have a copy of the millionaire next door. I'm going to race now to get my copy of the next millionaire next door. And we're so glad that you've made the transition from HR, which is an important contribution. And we all benefit from better um, human resource decisions and applications, but this kind of apply application, the practical use of, of assessments and in statistics, I'm very interested in how that connects to the decisions which clients make around their saving, spending, and investing habits and and behaviors. So can you help us understand how personality and attitudes may predict what those decisions around saving, spending, and investing might look like? Yes. And, and part of that, again, grew out of my, my background in HR, which was to anticipate or predict who might be good at a job, right? So that, those were the kinds of folks that obviously organizations wanted to hire. But the truth is that personality predicts a whole lot about what we might do. And, you know, again, we're applying it here to financial decisions. So as an example, we know that clients who tend to be very conscientious, those that show up on time for, for your meetings, those that are, you know, checking off their list of homework items they have to do, you know, rather quickly, that pay attention to details, often those clients tend to be those that save more than others. Um, so there are you know, clear kind of relationships between some of these characteristics that might sound familiar and outcomes like investing decisions. So for example, we know that um, clients who tend to experience fear and anxiety and worry more than other clients, that was, that's what we would call emotional stability or uh, more of a psychology term would be neuroticism. Um, those clients tend to make decisions that are not often in their best interest when it comes to investing, right? I, I feel this fear, anxiety. I want to get in, in control of that. So I make a decision. I might you know, sell when I shouldn't, that kind of thing in order to feel better. Um, and so that's a personality characteristic that's important to know. So there are a whole host of different characteristics that predict different aspects of financial management. Um, and, and, you know, our job at data points is really to help advisors understand, 
you know, you know, you certainly would want to know everything about a client, but there are typically only certain, you know, you only have so much time to get to know them and for them to complete an assessment. So we kind of narrow down what's important to know, depending on the client type and the situation. You know, I'm, I've always been fascinated by movies that feature um, like Hercule Poirot or Sherlock Holmes, and they have these keen powers of observation and they understand human personality. And I just Mm -hmm. love to see that unfold on the screen. But the reality is through your work at data points, you're helping us find ways to anticipate what a client might do, what their next moves may be by measuring personality. So I wonder Mm -hmm. if Holmes and Poirot would have been data point subscribers. You know, they, (laughs) they, they might have Sarah, they They might have, have yeah, (laughs) they might've put us out of business, right? If they're able to. (laughs) No, I don't, I I don't think so. And I'm just going to throw this in before I ask you to respond to that, that, that possibility that we can use um, a client's, um, you know, we, we can, through these scientific tools, begin to anticipate um, what a client might do by looking at their personality traits. But I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, because data points is growing, your influence is spreading within the financial services community. I, I love to see that taking place. But I wonder if someone listening to our podcast today has a thought about uh, an area that they wish they could better measure or perhaps an application of, of the psychosocial dimensions, the psychometrics, as you call them, to the work that they're doing with their clients. Are you open, Sarah, to conversations with them where they might ask you, is this something that we can measure? Is this something that you could help us build? Is that a conversation you'd be willing to have with people? Yes. And interestingly enough, in the last, I would say, probably six to eight months, that's the conversation we're having more and more, especially with larger organizations, is around, you know, really pinpointing what is critical for that organization, that firm, that practice to know about their client, and then talking about either custom assessments or tailoring some of our off-the-shelf content to make it, you know, appropriate and um, useful for that particular firm. So, you know, one of the the questions that were asked on occasion is, you know, can you help me understand which clients will be great to work with? Um, well, that of course depends on your firm and and the types of advisors that you have and the type of work that you're doing. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of kind of again custom type work with those uh, types of projects. But um, it's certainly something that we do. We've done that um, in, in the past as well. Well, I'm going to encourage our listeners today to race to Data Points website and look at the the variety of tools um, that are accessible there through Sarah's work. Mm-hmm. And but let me return now to our conversation. Help us understand, Sarah, how personality measuring personality through the tools that you've developed or developing, how that might help a planner an advisor, a consultant, anticipate where a client's going next? 
Yeah. So really the focus, um, especially when we first started data points, was ensuring that our tests were were essentially predictive of something, of something that the client might do. Because again, a, a personality test that just sort of describes who we are is helpful and useful, but we felt like there was a real application and also, again, anticipating what a client might do. And so over the course of several years, we studied, again, what what factors would actually predict something like savings rate. Um, so one of our assessments that's based primarily on the millionaire next door, used often for coaching, um, coaching new clients, younger clients often, um, you know, actually predicts whether a client will save and kind of the percentage that they'll save um, compared to those that score low, let's say, on that same test. And so you can use a test like, again, we call it the building wealth test. There are others out there as well to actually predict which clients are going to be savers versus spenders. Um, with our risk tolerance assessment and in our partnership with Dr. John Grable and the Financial Planning Performance Lab out of the University of Georgia, we were able to take a really broad approach to measuring risk tolerance in a way that also allows us to anticipate which clients will buy, sell, or hold during a down market. So if you use a combination of characteristics, not just one thing, right, because we are very unique and a lot of things contribute to how we make investing decisions. But if we can use a combination of characteristics, again, things like, am I an emotional investor? What's my confidence level? What pre you know, preferences do I have? that can help us to predict, again, things like which clients will buy, sell, or hold. So those are some of the things that we do at Data Points. In addition to, like, like I was mentioning earlier, describing clients, their attitudes, and which clients might, again, from a household perspective, be in disagreement about what their retirement looks like or their attitudes about things. So that's sort of a different application. It's interesting how these applications stretch from younger clients to the re the potential retiree it's kind of crossing a wide spectrum of of age and maturity um sarah help us understand how we can measure personality not only through the assessments and tests but do observation and say interviews do those also contribute in a meaningful way to being able to gather data that would help us measure personality and begin to perhaps be in a better position to predict how to best help a, a client? Yeah, absolutely. You can certainly use, again, obviously we're very biased at data points because we have a lot of tests, but there are a lot of different ways that you can measure a client's characteristics. And Again, for those of you who've been working with a client for you know, 20, 30, 40 years maybe, you know a lot about them already. You've observed them during down markets. You're able to see kind of how they react when maybe there's stress at home. You can kind of anticipate what they might do. And um, you know, the, the trouble with observations, right, is that especially if we have a new client, unless we're willing to sort of put them through what we would do with leaders, where we would put them through an assessment center for three days and kind of simulate 
what um, you know stressful situations might lead to certain behaviors from a financial perspective, which I would not recommend anyone do. But um, you know, we don't know a lot. We we don't we're not able to observe much about a brand new client, and so that's where some of these other tools might come into play if you're trying to understand a client. Um, interviews can absolutely do that as well. We would strongly recommend if you are going to use an interview process to measure characteristics about your client that you're using a structured process. Again, same sorts of questions. You really nail down what you're trying to measure. Maybe you even add a rating scale to say, okay, I, I think that this client could really withstand from a personality perspective um, a lot of volatility, you know, maybe they get a three, other clients would get a one, um, and that would depend on their answer. But that takes some time. Um, and, and even when 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 I was working with organizations, trying to get them to structure their interview process to hire you know, new leaders, it was really hard to get people to ask the same questions and, you know, rate, rate folks accurately. Um, that's a whole, you know, a whole different uh, animal, so to speak. And that was in a situation where there were legal ramifications for not doing so, right? You know, you have to ask the same kinds of questions. Um, so that's, you know, again, where, where tests can come in and be sort of a neutral if you will, um, you know, to some extent unbiased, although again, um, measure measuring client characteristics isn't a perfect science, um, but that's kind of where that, that comes in. And then, you know, there are other ways um, of measuring things. I mentioned assessment centers, giving them some role-playing exercises, things like that, but those are a little more invasive. And I think from a client experience perspective, that probably would be the best way to go. You know, as I listen to you, Sarah, and I'm thinking about the emergence of AI mm. and the fear that many of us have. Um, I, I personally don't fear it because I think I'm going to be gone by the time, <laughs> but it's coming rapidly. So maybe I should. Um, but I think there's this concern about displacement professionally that we're going to be obsoleted by AI in the kind of potential that AI might offer for self-direction by clients. I'm wondering, though, whether data points and skillfully using um, the tools that you're helping create and bring to the marketplace, if this isn't really a first line of defense that advisors and consultants should take advantage of to strengthen their role as an advisor and um, someone who can really help clients in a meaningful way. So how, how might you see data points um, and the, the information that can be harvested through the various tools and assessments that you offer? How do you see that potentially contributing in a significant way to enriching the dialogue which an advisor may have with their client around money, wealth, decision-making, their, their, their attitudes towards money and wealth. How, how do you see that all tying together? Mm. Yeah, I definitely have some thoughts on AI too that you know, I'd love to share at some point um, okay. uh, around that too. But um, yeah, you know, the, the beauty, if you will, of measuring characteristics, whether you're, again, doing that through an interview process or some other means, 
is that it allows you to then probe in a very structured way around certain areas that could potentially help the client understand themselves, but then also certainly the advisor understand the client more. So just going back to kind of our example related to investing related characteristics, if we knew that a client was again, we would say scoring low or, or was a little more emotional when it came to investing, maybe made some quick decisions and those sorts of things, I might want to understand why. And so by kind of pointing at the report and using that as a first step, I can then start to ask some questions and increase kind of the, the, the comfort I have around asking questions about past experiences with investing or even, you know, adolescent or childhood experiences watching their caregivers or parents experience things um, related to investing. And so we really feel like the tests themselves and the reports are really just the starting off point for a deeper conversation around these different factors. And kind of going back, just if you don't mind, going back to your AI comment as well, with a test, I'm disclosing information to you. I'm able to, you know, you're asking me questions and I'm responding. And then a report comes up and it, you know, gives my scores, so to speak. The trick with AI is that, you know, I didn't necessarily you know, maybe even agree to share that kind of information with you related to what, you know, if you go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page or LinkedIn page and you start scraping data and you look at things and all of a sudden you know things about me or you have some insight to share with me or questions that sound a little too, a little too, com like, like you knew a little too much. I might, again, it's the ick factor. Like, do I want my financial planner walking through these kind of insights they're getting from AI with me, or would I feel more comfortable if I had, again, taken an assessment, maybe answered a few questions, and then had that report come back. So, you know, that's kind of where I, I land with that. I feel like that, um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but um, that's, you know, I think the beauty of, of tests um, is that, again, the client is self-reporting what they believe. And if we've made the test the best that we can, it's a pretty accurate picture of your client. Thank you for stepping into the AI uh, world with that observation. And I think that really makes a lot of sense. Do you have any final uh, summing up you'd like to do for our listeners today? Well, I think just, again, I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with you about this. I think, again, we would argue whether you use our tools or another tool, your homegrown tools, helping your clients understand themselves and why they do the things that they do with money will be extremely critical as you're trying to help them achieve their financial goals. I'm not quite sure how, you know, again, someone could do that without understanding what makes their clients tick. And so, again, whether you work with us or, or use some other kind of tool, um, we really feel like that that's the future of where financial planning is heading, is really understanding clients at a deeper level. Sarah, let me be bold. Um, we don't generally do these in our podcast, but I just really feel there's a reason that I should ask you to do this. How would you be, how would you suggest what's the best way that um, a member of our community, a listener of this podcast, might begin to explore what data points offers and how do they best engage with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. On our website, you're welcome to take, we have a couple of different tests that advisors can take. They can even have their clients take them if they want. They're free to everyone. They're out there. Um, you go to datapoints.com slash personality. You can take our personality assessment. That's one way. Um, and certainly we have a free trial and things like that um, that are standard in the world of fintech. Uh, but that's really the best way is to take an assessment, to read through the report, um, especially if you do a trial, to look at the advisor insights that are given and decide if that's something that you would be comfortable having a conversation around with your client. That's really what we recommend when, when folks begin to work with us. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Sarah, for everything you've done, for being with us today and everything you're going to do. I really look forward to seeing where this journey goes from this point forward. Thank you. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's program. And if you are a member of the Purposeful Planning Institute, I want to invite you to come post in the community forum and share your key takeaways from today's conversation. And if you're not a member yet, here's your invitation to join us and be part of our community and access the network, resources, and tools you need to transform your client relationships and your practice. And don't forget to use promo code PURPOSEFUL to receive a 10% discount on a membership. Learn more at PurposefulPlanningInstitute.com. Mm-hmm.